Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 20. Numbers, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy. I'm on my way to Numbers. I'm passing through Numbers to get there. Chapter number 20. This is some instruction. This is when the nation of Israel was receiving some instruction as to what was about to happen. They, they were just slaves, bondmen. They were, they were overcome and oppressed by taskmasters, and so they didn't even know how to behave as a nation. And so they were given some guidelines. You're going to have some battles along the way. And so in chapter 20, he gives them some instruction about going to battle. In verse number five, he says, And the officers shall speak unto the people, saying, What man is there that hath built a new house and hath not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in battle. And another man dedicated. And what man is he that hath planted a vineyard and hath not yet eaten of it? Let him also, let him go and return to his house, lest he die in battle and another man eat of it. And what man is there that hath betrothed a wife and hath not taken her? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in battle and another man take her. And the officers shall Speak further unto the people and say, What man is there that that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go. Let him return to his house, lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. And it shall be when the officers have made an end of speaking unto the people that they shall make captains of the armies to lead the people. So the instruction was given various different kinds of scenarios. Don't be offended. Don't, 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 don't get upset. Let's just, let's just let them go. And it'll be good for everybody. Let's let them go. Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the touch and the power of God. I thank you, Lord. There is hunger in this house. Lord, we've come with open hands and open hearts needing you to touch. We reach to you right now. Bless, help, and I know that you will. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Turn and tell someone the Lord's here. Would you do that?
God bless you. You may be seated. Israel had received a lot of instruction. They, they, weren't, they weren't deep into any kind of uh, organization or instruction. And so they are setting precedents and protocols right now. These, they're speaking to the people and they're letting them know. They, they, they told them how to organize the Lord gave them instructions. It wasn't, it wasn't if they go to battle, it was when they go to battle. We didn't, we didn't start serving. I wasn't surprised when I started serving the Lord that, that the battle began. But the Lord's with us. So, so they're, they're going to battle and, and as they enter into battle, as they face different scenarios. They said, you know, there's going to be some who have, who have, are in the process of life and they're building homes and maybe they haven't dedicated it yet. So if they're in that process, if, if life has caught them at a particular juncture in life and they haven't dedicated their house, let them go. Don't, don't hold them fast. Let, let them go. Their hearts are thinking about home. That word dedication, it's not a, it's not a well, a well used term. It's, it's used as a, um, well, it's used in the book of first Kings chapter eight, when Solomon dedicates the house of the Lord in chapter 8 and verse 63, and Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offerings, which he offered unto the Lord, two and 20,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the children of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. What an event. They are dedicating the house of Solomon. The same word, the same word that was used when Solomon took two and 20,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep and dedicated the house of the Lord. When, when the glory of God settled on the house that Solomon built and he dedicated it, he uses the same word that if you haven't dedicated your house, let, let him go because our houses ought to be sanctuaries of the Lord. Our, our houses ought not be dedicated to anything that just wants to come in. We have dedicated our house to the house of the Lord. This is where my family lives. This is where, this is the sanctuary when we come out of the world. This is the house of the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If any man has planted a vineyard and he's not, he's not reaped of that vineyard. Let him, let him go back and let him, let him first reap of the vineyard and take of his reward. And then after he takes of his reward, why, why then he'll, he'll join you in battle. I had a pastor friend one time that, uh, we were actually, this was early on just after I had had deliverance over cancer. And he also 
and he was telling me a story. We were in his, we were in his office and he said, I, I remember when I was diagnosed with cancer and I was in ICU and I, I, uh, I was preparing my family to, to live without me. He said, I remember calling my son in and telling him, take care of mother. Make sure you're a man now. So make sure everything's in order. Don't do it, do it like dad would do. And he called each one of his family members in preparing them because he knew that he, his time was short. He said that night he went to sleep and when he did, he had a dream. He, he dreamed he was an outdoorsman and he said, I was on a vast lake and he said the lake was placid. There was no wake at all. There was no movement. Nothing was there. He said it was the most peaceful scene I had ever seen. And he said in the distance, he said, I saw, I saw a boat coming across the water. He said, I'm a bass fisherman. He said, I, I suppose that, that the Lord was speaking my language. He was trying to, trying to get a hold of my attention. And he said, I watched as that boat was coming across the water. And he said, the closer it got, he said, I, I, I lost I lost focus on everything else, but just for, for that boat, that solitary boat coming across that vast lake. And he said, the closer it got, he said, I, I could feel joy. He said, I was dreaming, but I was feeling joy. I, that, that's something I really enjoy doing. He said, the closer it got, he said, that, that boat, he said, that, that looks like my boat. He said, I, I saw my boat coming across the water. And he said, and it gave me just even that much more joy. He said, I, I expected to see myself in that boat and uh, enjoying the day. He said, but the closer that boat got, he said, it was my boat. He said, but that wasn't me in the boat. He said, he said, all of a sudden that, that joy kind of turned a little bit of anger. He said, somebody's driving my boat. He said, I, I remember waking up out of sleep. And he said, I, I kind of shook myself. And I said, if I die, somebody's driving my boat. I'm not dying. I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going any place. Listen, somebody needs to make up your mind. We're not going anywhere. I, I've decided I can stay in this battle. This is come on. The Lord's on my side. He's here. He's fighting for me. I'm going to enjoy the things of the Lord. The Bible talks about marrying a wife. The scripture, all the, all the future generations of posterity, a wife, there's, there's a house dedicated. There's a vineyard, all the rewards that come from hard work that have been planted, the posterity of family. I can see is it's already, it's a decree that's been given and yet, when they, when they walk away, first it's, it's one that begins to break rank, and then another breaks rank, and then, then, there's, then there's a dozen, and then maybe, maybe two, and maybe it might gather up to a hundred or so. And as they're headed back home, and all of the army, they're, they're watching them, and, and the chief said, well, we're, we're, 
We're, we're going to let them go. The captain said, yes, you're, you're qualified. You can go and you can go. And, and as they're just about out of sight, I can imagine some individuals as they begin to think about my family and they begin to think about our home. Maybe they begin to think about the rewards and the blessings that they are, that they are uh, going back to. And then they're thinking about the battle. And then all of a sudden, one of them stops and says, you know, I, I've got a home. I, I've planted a vineyard and I, I've got a family and I, I can go back to them. But, but this is a pretty important battle. The, the, the stakes are high. I'm getting ready to marry a wife and I've got a home and I, I've got some things. And, and I can imagine just as they're about out of sight, one of them stops and turns around and says, you know, I think I'll stay. This battle is way too important. I've got too much at stake. I think I'll stay. I know you said that I could go, but I'm not going anyplace. I've got too much at stake now. I think I'm going to stay in the battle. I've come for one word tonight for Calvary Tabernacle. Why don't you go ahead and stay in the battle? Because you've got way too much in stake. I'm telling you, it's time for somebody to roll up their sleeves. I feel a fighting spirit. I feel somebody telling themselves, devil, you're a liar. I'm going to stay in this battle. Things are way too important for me to give up now. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not going to wave the white flag. Some of us have got some unsaved children that are wandering out there someplace. And it's been a while since we've rolled up our seeds. But I think I'm going to stay in this battle because I, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a son that's coming home. I've got a daughter that ought to be here praising the Lord with me. I think I'll stay. I'm going to stay right here. I can't help it. I, I watched, a, watched a young child. I think it was Flora's. Was that Flora? I, I, was, I didn't know. I thought Flora might make her way up. I saw you kind of close because I saw Flora coming up. Where is Flora? Hey, have her stand up if you were Flora. Can you wave at the preacher a little bit? I saw, hey, I'm going to tell you something. The stakes are high. You hear me? The stakes are high. I'm going to stay in this battle. I know you could go home. I know we could just wrap ourselves around a, a, us four and no more. And I, I know that we got a lot on our mind, but I'm going to tell you, if you've ever fought, you need to fight right now. You need to stay in this battle. I watched. I couldn't help it. I saw, where's that, where's that group of young men that were right down here that, that we didn't hardly get, we didn't get four bars into singing. And I saw a group of young men right here. I want you to, well, where are those young men? Is this the whole, this right here? Come on, stand up just a minute. Just come a little closer if you would. I'm not quite sure, but we just might have a preacher or two. We've got some, oh, come on. I feel anointing on them. I watched the Holy Ghost moving on them and we can go home. We can, we can allow ourselves to opt out because we think, but I'm telling you, the stakes are way too high. The day is way too late. Jesus Christ is coming back and the enemy's fighting. I think I'll just roll up my sleeves. I'm going to fight this fight of faith. I'm going to stay in this battle. My, my, come on. My life depends on it. My family depends on it. My home depends on it. My church depends on it. I think I'll stay and fight this good fight of faith.
Come on, somebody help me. Let's magnify the Lord today. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'll stay. I, I think God's going to, he's going to fight this battle for me. I'm going to stay in the book of John chapter number six. It, it was a, it, it was a revival. It, it was some kind of a meeting. Jesus had the disciples passing out loaves and fish. And while they're passing out loaves and fish, everybody's excited. But then he said, except you uh, take this bread, this bread is my body. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you're not going to have any part. And all of a sudden they begin to dissipate and go into the word work. And then as they begin to go one by one, as they begin to excuse themselves and head for home, all of a sudden he turns to the disciples and said, will you go away? Also, and the apostle Peter stands up. He didn't hesitate and said, where? And I ask you this question, where are we going to go? To who has the words of eternal life? I'm telling you, there's still one Lord. There's one faith. There's only one name to be better. Where are you going to go? Come on, I'm in this thing. We're going to fight for this thing. You've got to be baptized in his name. There is only one way to be baptized. If you don't attend a truth preaching church, I'm going to tell you there's no way to enter the kingdom of God. I still want to hear somebody say, you must be born of water and spirit. This is worth fighting for. Just this, just this past couple of days, we had a, a sister in our church. Her name's Sister Sivy. She's a part of our praise team. She had open heart surgery. She, she went through open heart surgery. It was 90% uh, blocked. The doctor said, I don't even know how you walked in here. Things were a little precarious. She went in, she had her surgery. She's, she's still there. And uh, she was ICU. She might even still be in ICU. She went through that surgery. She come out of surgery. And when she did, the, the, the medical team was around her bed and they're, they're administering all kinds of things. And then uh, they're make, taking her vitals, making sure everything's uh, just the way that it should be. And when she starts to come to, after all the vitals had been taken and they just kind of stood around and all eyes looked upon her and they said, uh, uh, Miss Dunnigan, do you have any questions for us? She said, no. I don't have any questions. I've just got one thing to say. There is a heaven. There is a hell. You're going to spend eternity someplace. And Jesus wants him to, you to spend it with him. That's all Sister Sivy Jean has to say. I want to tell you this is worth fighting for. Because there is a heaven and there is a hell. And you're going to spend it someplace. And you might as well spend it with the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, somebody's here tonight and you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let's fight on. Come on, this is a battle worth fighting. Every backslider in Indianapolis, you need to, come on, we need to make sure that we make that call. We need to bring them into the house of the Lord. This is a battle worth fighting for. You're gonna spend eternity someplace. This is a battle worth fighting for. The apostle Peter in the book of first Peter chapter number five, he said to the church that is in Babylon, elect together with you, saluteth you. And so doth Marcus, my son, Babylon. He wasn't literally talking about Babylon 
as noted uh, the apostle Peter. It was during those times of crisis and persecution. He was, he was talking. It was almost like a, a code word for Rome. It was, it was, it was to, he didn't want to uh, uh, just betray them or he just wanted them to know, I know how tough it is. It's the church. It represents this last day anti-Christ, anti-world, or, or the world is anti-Christ, anti-God. It's the church that's in Babylon. Babylon, in the book of Revelation, chapter number 14, John wrote about it. He said, and there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. That great city, he's talking about Rome. He's talking about that end time Come on, I'm telling you that Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist is still working today. We are a church. It may not be easy. The book of, uh, when Timothy, Paul was writing to Timothy, he said there's gonna come perilous times the Bible tells us, one version says there's gonna come a time where it's gonna be difficult to be a Christian. It's a time that's not just anti-Christ, anti-God, anti-Bible. It's anti-values, anti. But I wanna tell you, this is a battle that's worth fighting for. We're, we're living in a world that you're going to have to make up your mind. You're not just going to waltz into heaven. You're not just going to get there by accident. It's going to be a church. I want to tell you, we are a church in the time of Babylon, but I'm telling you, we're still a vital church. We're still a church that knows how to worship. We're still a, no, a church that knows how to get a hold of the Lord. We're still a church that knows about miracles and signs and wonders. I don't want that group over there not to know what the power of the Holy Ghost is. I want them to be familiar with healing. I want them to be familiar with the Spirit of the Lord touching sinners when sinners get up out any time of the service and run to the altar because they need the touch of God on their life. I think we'll stay. This is not the time for the church to do less. This is a time for the church to do more. Church, we've got to do everything we can. It is worth fighting for. I think I'll stay in the battle. I think I'll stay right here. When Jesus came to this earth, when he came to this earth, he came for the purpose of suffering and dying. That last, oh, that, that week of passion, even the Lord desired the prayers of his disciples. That last moments, he said, can't you just pray with me for one hour? As he stood before Pilate, as he stood there, the agony of all that that he had come to know. Everything seemed to just collapse around him. And while he stood before Pilate, Pilate, he knew what was happening. He knew where this was going. There's gonna be a scourging. There's gonna be Roman soldiers. There's gonna be nails. There's gonna be a cross, a crown of thorns. And then Pilate says to him, uh, why won't you answer? Do you not know that I have the power to release you. you. You could walk away. I want to tell you today, when you get in the battle, we've got a savior that he's not going to walk away. He said, you don't have any power of me at all. 
but I think I'll just stay. When it comes to the cross, when it comes to the thorns, I think I'll just stay right here and do what I've been called to do. I'm telling you, the enemy would like Jesus to release his power to leave us. Sometimes we feel empty. You may feel like you've been forsaken, but I've got news for you. You haven't been forsaken. He's not going to release. He's not going home. He's staying right where you are. The Lord is on your side. Somebody say amen. I, I was, I was, it's been a while ago. It's been just a, uh, oh, I don't know, probably maybe six or seven months ago. And we were, I walked into my in-law's house and when I did, <laughs> she was talking about you. They just watched a, a, a service. It was a Saturday night. We walked in and we got to talking and, and uh, she said, you wouldn't believe she said, I just got off the phone with one of my friends from Calvary. And she said, and she was talking about this happened maybe a year, year and a half or so ago. She said, she said, Pastor Carson was preaching. And she said, while Pastor Carson was preaching, she said, I saw angels go where he went. Said, I saw two of them, one on one side and one on the left. She said, he would go to the, he'd go to the right side of the platform and they'd follow come to the left side and they'd follow him there. I was listening to my mother-in-law tell that story. And I, I got to tell you, the first thing I said was in my heart, I'd like to have some angels. <laughs> I literally said, Lord, let somebody see angels <laughs> when I'm preaching. That was a Saturday night. The next day, we were having church. It was, it was just one of those kinds of services. It was, a, it was just a, a popping service. The Holy Ghost was there. Anointing was there. And King, your mom was sitting down right over here. She'd been praying with somebody. And I went down and I was talking to your mom. I was talking to Sister Karen. And, and we got to talking about the service. And she said, I feel the, the Lord in such a powerful way. And as we begin to talk about it, this was less than 24 hours. She said, I don't think I've ever told you this before. But about seven years ago, you were preaching. She said, you were preaching. And while you were preaching behind you, she said, I saw the devil. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> she said, everywhere you went, he followed you. She said, I saw tentacles all around you trying to wrap you up. But she said he couldn't. <laughs> said, everywhere you went, he tried to stifle. 
Every time, everywhere you went, he tried to stop you. Everywhere you went, he said, I, I saw, but said you kept right on preaching. You kept right on doing, you kept right on talking faith. You kept right on doing the things of the Lord. Said he did everything he possibly could do, but he couldn't stop what was going on. I made up my mind right then. I think I'll stay. I want to tell you, you may not see angels. You might see the devil, but I'm going to tell you the Lord is going to help you fight your battles. Stay. My, 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 my. Come help me. Stay in the battle. Uh, Brother Matt Denny, I saw you praying over here. Come on, stay in that battle. I saw you over here. I felt the power of the Holy Ghost on you. Where are you, Brother Matt? I'm going to tell you, God's been with you. It might have been difficult. There you are right there. But I'm telling you, the power of the Holy Ghost, he might be trying to wrap you up. He might be trying to stop you. But I got news. The Lord is on your side. I think I'll stay. I think I'll stay. Come on, stay in that battle. God is on your side. There's a backslider in this room maybe tonight and you, you've been beat up. The devil's done everything he thought he could do, but I'll tell you something. You're here. You're still here. He's trying to wrap you up. He's trying to mess up your life. But devil, I want you to know this. We're in the house of the Lord tonight. We're still fighting. We're still doing the work of God. I think I'll stay. Come on, church. We haven't come this far to stop now. Our best days are the days to come. Our best services are in the future. We are in this to fight. We don't have to look back at yesteryear to see what the Lord has done. I'm telling you right here, right now, the power of the Holy Ghost, it's leading us and guiding us. I think I'll stay in this battle. God is on our side. Oh, come on, somebody wave your hands to the Lord. Somebody make up your mind right now. Stay in the fight. Come on, lift them up real high. The Holy Ghost is in this house. There was a, there was a spirit of giving up that may have walked in, but somebody, while you're walking away, Somebody, while you were, you, you were giving yourself a, a good excuse why you ought to walk away and take it easy. But somewhere along the line in this service, you stopped. Somewhere along the line in this service, you felt the power of the Holy Ghost. And I felt a turn. I felt somebody walking back saying, I think I'm going to stay. I don't think I'm going back home. I've got too much to fight for. God is on my side. Come on, that's it. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, praise team, would you come? We talked about this, Brother Devin, before service. You and I agreed. We both felt the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost wants to deliver. Jesus Christ is not turning away. He's not walking away. He's staying right here. Come on, you need a miracle. You need a miracle. You need a touch. 